Great. And uh, in our first segment today, we're going to talk about uh, ranked choice voting, the new system of voting that was uh, approved by voters in New York in 2019 and is being implemented in the primaries for the first time this year. Uh, Lucas Shapiro uh, wrote an article for our June print edition about ranked choice voting, how it works, how it came about. And uh, we're really delighted that uh, Lucas can uh, join us on the show today to talk about this. Lucas is also uh, very active with the Jewish Vote, which uh, a group that's uh, endorsed a number of candidates and has also in- encouraged their uh, candidates they're supporting to uh, to cross endorse other candidates because in ranked choice voting, uh, forming alliances and uh, broadening your coalition is often the path to victory. But Lewis, uh, Lucas can talk about that more now. Lucas, welcome to WBAI Radio. Welcome, Lucas. Thank you. Good afternoon. So um, just to get started here, uh, Lucas, uh, can you explain how, uh, just explain a little bit more about how ranked choice voting works and, and how did New York City get ranked choice voting and where has it already been in effect and um, why do you think it's a, a, a good system to transition to? Sure. Well, New, uh, New York has ranked choice voting uh, as of this election cycle. Uh, so this will be the first time in about 100 years that we have a more kind of proportional system. Um, there was actually back in the 30s an opening where New York tried a modified system of ranked choice voting and proportional representation that actually ended up helping elect uh, several radicals to the city council, uh, members of the American Labor Party at the time. Uh, and this is the first time since uh, many decades that we've been able to have a new system that allows more voices and more choices at the polls. Uh, a little bit of the backstory, uh, in 2009, there was a very low turnout uh, runoff election uh, for the public advocate and comptroller races. Uh, and those races are very expensive to run a runoff election, um, especially with such low turnout. It was kind of prompted this bigger public debate around whether or not this system was the best we could uh, come up with. Uh, and Gail Brewer, um, who was at that time a city council member, had actually proposed the following year uh, a bill to implement ranked choice voting. So they spent the next eight years um, on the Charter Revision Commission um, to kind of figure out what it would actually mean to implement uh, ranked choice voting in New York City. And that's when the, the next year in 2019, the Charter Review Commission put ranked choice voting before New York City voters in a referendum, and that passed by 75% of the vote. So uh, it took a couple of years to implement it, but here we are. And uh, this is a momentous election day uh, where, you know, we have more of the city's elected leadership up for grabs in many generations. Um, so hopefully we'll see some major progressive victories. But I'll, I'll say that, like, the, the, the left, the broad left as a whole, uh, and by that I mean uh, movement organizations that are able to uh, endorse candidates, the candidates themselves, um, there's been some hesitancy to really lean into ranked choice voting strategy. And it's been a little bit confusing, too, for voters to figure out how to fill out their ballots. So um, I suspect, expect that we will uh, become much more used to the system uh, in the years ahead, but we'll obviously be kind of chewing over the election results um, as they come in tonight and then over the next couple of weeks to really see what the impact of ranked choice voting was uh, across races up and down the ballot. Hey, John, thank you so much. I'm sorry, Lucas, thank you so much for that history and context. 
Um, I think you really painted a clear picture on um, how things are working and how we got here. So now that we're here, um, do you sense that New Yorkers um, were becoming more clear about how rank voice choting, rank voice, rank choice voting works um, as we got closer to election day? Because I know the, a lot of the folks I spoke to were really confused um, on how it works. Do you think people are more comfortable with it now that uh, there's been enough time for people to get acquainted and learn more? Yeah, I think that confusion is warranted and to be expected for a, a new system. And, I, you know, there's some critiques of ranked choice voting or sometimes people call it RCV, uh, you know, that it's already uh, hard to encourage people to vote. We have um, traditionally a pretty low voter turnout compared to many other countries around the world. Um, so some people say, you know, this was this is another barrier for people to um, able to exercise their franchise. But there's been some recent polling that showed that upwards of 80 percent of New Yorkers felt very comfortable our New York City voters, uh, people who are, who participated in, the, in in this election cycle, that they felt quite comfortable with the process. Uh, and it's, I mean, some of that is because it actually, I think, creates more intrigue around the elections because uh, people are not just thinking about who is their favorite pick. They're thinking about the range of candidates out there uh, and how they want to structure their ballot. I actually even had some confusion myself around how they would tabulate the votes uh, and in different rounds of how they come up with um, the winning candidate. Yeah. So it's totally understandable that people have some questions. Um, New York City has done, I think, a decent effort to do voter education. If you, you know, are a registered voter, you probably got some materials in the mail. Uh, there's been, you know, ads uh, on the subways and elsewhere uh, to educate folks. But I think, you know, more and more people will become much more used to the system and, and think about the political implications for it as well. Yeah. Right. And the, um, Lucas, so I mean, we heard in the headlines of, about how uh, Andrew Yang and and uh, Catherine Garcia have uh, formed a essentially a ranked choice voting uh, alliance in the last few days. Uh, your thoughts on that, as well as the uh, failure of progressive mayoral candidates, uh, Maya Wiley, Scott Stringer, Diane Morales, to to form a, a similar coalition. Uh, Wiley has the strongest showing in the polls right now of the progressive candidates, but it seems like she's going to need to pick up a lot more support to make it to 51% at the end of this process. Yeah. I mean, I think some of the disparaging of the last minute alliances, um, well, in particular with Yang and Garcia's a little bit misplaced because we're actually, this is part of the reason for ranked choice voting is it should encourage uh, candidates to form alliances and to kind of broaden their appeal with different constituencies. So I think it's completely legitimate to to pick apart the platforms of those two candidates, um, who they represent, and what's, I think, actually quite damaging about um, Yang and Adams in particular, but also Garcia's uh, uh, policy platform, I think, is is also much lack. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot to pick apart there. Um, but as far as like the progressive lane, I mean, this is something that the Jewish vote, which is the kind of electoral arm of JFREG, which is Jews for Racial and Economic Justice. Um, this is something that we were really trying to lean into. So we actually had done a ranked endorsement earlier on with Diane Morales as our number one and Scott Stringer and Maya Wiley as our share number two. So really trying to encourage progressive voters. These are the folks that you should be putting at the top of your ballot to kind of clear a progressive lane. Um, and also, I mean, this is part of the logic of ranked choice voting is you want to have the number two votes of um, of other candidates. Because uh, if you don't end up crossing the threshold to win, 
uh, sorry, if, if, if um, the other candidate doesn't cross the threshold, their number two votes can come into effect and those can support you. Uh, so this is something that, you know, obviously the quite a bit of Michigas, this, uh, especially on the, mayor, the mayoral side of this election, uh, with some of the scandals that plagued the Stringer campaign and then some of the internal turmoil within Diane Morales's um, team themselves, we actually ended up kind of uh, editing our endorsements to to put Maya Wiley as at the top of our endorsement ticket. But it is unfortunate that there wasn't more of a concerted ranked choice voting strategy across the progressive community, not just for the mayoral's race, which where those consequences are obviously quite high, but also, you know, the city council, some of the borough president races, comptroller, public advocate, et cetera. Yeah, I think um, you made a lot of really good points. And this is a new system, so as our um, political candidates begin to navigate it, I think strategies will change, hopefully. But I, <laughs> um, you're you're way more knowledgeable on, on it than I am. Um, and as for your group, the Jewish uh, vote, um, how have they approached ranked choice voting? So we really leaned into ranked choice voting. Um, you know, the Jewish vote is actually only a few years old as a C4 organization. That's the kind of legal term for organizations that are able to endorse candidates directly. Uh, but this was like a substantial expansion of our uh, political footprint. Uh, so in the end, we ended up endorsing over 45 candidates, uh, many times more than one candidate running for the same seat. Uh, so there's actually a couple races where we endorsed three candidates um, for the same seat, uh, especially in a couple council districts. And the logic there being, again, trying to make sure that there's a clear progressive lane. There's like, there was over 300 candidates who were running for local office this um, election cycle. Sometimes there were like 20 candidates in the same race. So it was really hard for voters to really pick which is the one. There's often several really qualified candidates who have a vision for a much more radically just city. Uh, and instead of having everyone kind of put their eggs in one basket, uh, we want to showcase that there's several options in some of these races, uh, people that uh, we want to guarantee that they're one of those progressives comes out on top. And in a couple of races, we actually saw the candidates coming together um, and showing up in the similar spaces in a very camaraderie fashion. Um, instead of, you know, disparaging each other, those progressive candidates, I'm thinking of some districts like District 5 and 7 in Manhattan, uh, where the candidates that we endorsed, um, you know, were kind of helping team up to make sure that they were able to overcome kind of a more establishment, machine-backed candidate. Uh, and that's something that I think we, sh we should have seen more of, um, but sometimes it takes people a while to both get over their egos or their old political habits um, and really, you know, step into what is a little bit of a gamble here, too. Like, we don't exactly know how it's going to play out in New York, uh, but that's going to be something exciting for us to be looking at uh, as the polling data comes in tonight and over the next couple of weeks. Right. Yeah, it, it's a new system, and, and we're not going to know the outcome of a lot of these races in, until at least uh, July 12th. So this is going to be a, a process for sure, though by the end of tonight, we should know the, the first choice uh, tallies for everybody who voted today, as well as everybody who participated in early voting. Um, and uh, so we're, we're going to leave it here in a moment. But uh, Lucas, uh, one other thing, I know you're very active with the, the May Day community space out in Bushwick and, and other community institutions out there. And I understand uh, there's going to be an election night uh, watch party uh, out in uh, Bushwick that you're a part of. 
Uh, do you want to tell us just a little bit about that? Um, an activist institution out there is uh, uh, coming back to life after the pandemic, I understand. Yes, this is me switching hats from a partisan one to a nonpartisan one, uh, where Mayday Space, where I serve on the collective. Uh, we are co-hosting a election night returns party uh, at our sister space, Star Bar, which is, I think, the only nightlife venue in New York City that's explicitly dedicated to supporting social justice organizing. Um, we're going to be starting at 7 o'clock, uh, have local news on. Of course, you know, once the polls close at 9 o'clock, uh, that's when things will uh, hopefully get a little bit uh, spicier and we'll get some returns starting to trickle in. But it's a great place if you want to be around other uh, progressive voters, whether or not people feel like electoral uh, politics is really their thing or how much they, you know, place other movement building strategies in their kind of theory of change. It's a great place to be. We'd love to see you. There's drinks, there's food. Uh, and there'll be other people from another project that I'm connected to called um, the People's Plan, uh, which is an effort to kind of build a platform, a policy platform um, that's been crowdsourced by hundreds of different organizers and advocates across New York City to kind of uh, center a uh, bottom-up approach to what the next council and mayor uh, and the whole elected leadership across New York City could implement. So some of us will be there as well, and it'd be great great to connect with any of the listeners here. So we'd like welcome you at 214 Star Street. Again, that's Star Bar with two R's, Star with two R's, at 214 Star Street. Uh, we'll be there starting at 7 uh, and probably going until around midnight. Great. Star Bar. <laughs> right, and that's off the uh, Jefferson stop on the L train. And uh, will there be an outdoor component to this, um, or will it be entirely indoor? Just for there's people also an outdoors uh, seating area um, where people can bring drinks and hang out there. Uh, but I think we're going to be using the main wall in the back uh, to project. Uh, we have a huge projector and wall that we can put the probably the New York one or Pix Eleven news up um, for people to watch the returns coming in. Okay, that sounds great. So both indoor and outdoor for uh, people uh, who uh, may have uh, COVID concerns or just uh, gotten accustomed to breathing outdoor air when they socialize with people. But uh, Lucas Shapiro, thank you so much for joining us this evening on uh, WBAI Radio to talk about ranked choice voting and all the great work that uh, a Jewish vote has been doing. Thank you so much. Uh, And hopefully we'll have some good returns uh, tonight and in the weeks ahead.